today, today, Max. We're going to talk today. about coffee. Really? But know, what is our podcast even called? I don't know. I think to, to, <laughs> I don't know either. Two, two guys <laughs> rambling about stuff and eventually, you know, talking a little bit about coffee. Yeah, we should make the title. I wonder how long you can actually write in the titles. We could write like a, a really long title. Oh, I did these uh, with, with my band once. We had a very long title that nobody ever remembered. So we always just uh, said, uh, oh yeah, this is the the one with the long title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what 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 uh, what thing did you play in the band? Um, the 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 doorbell oh. and uh, <laughs> the, doorbell. The, the doorbell. Yeah, and uh, I, I used to scream into a microphone. You were the singer. Oh, oh, I yeah. was. It was I was the yeller. It was yes. a punk. A core punk. Yes. <laughs> I knew it. You're like you're way too highly strung to be like a uh, like a jazz or a blues guy. Oh, dude, no, that's so boring. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. see you screaming. Basically, a total cathartic exercise to yes. to stand in front of an audience and vent your frustrations oh, yeah. over life and politics, the state of the world. Oh, even like even generally, Italian. just about the weather. <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 it's good it's good though it's uh it's something i miss from from the old times when i used to be young and i used to have time to do things yeah yeah hey you know the funny thing is as you get older like everybody looks like a child everyone looks like a child to me i see newsreaders get on i'm like what are they doing reading the news they're just a baby they're just out of school yeah and i'm i'm turning into one of those grumpy old men on the porch you know Ah, I'm not grumpy. Uh, you have to give, give it time. Give it time. <laughs> a few more years, Max. I guarantee you, you will be the grumpiest of them all. I'm not sure. I mean, technically, I'm I'm too young. I'm only... It's, uh, wait, what, what am I? Thir- uh, 34. Yeah. No. Wow. You're, no, li- no, you're what, literally what, what, what years younger than me. No, 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 no. I'm 36. Okay, you're still almost 20 years younger than me. Yeah, give it another 20 years, Max, maybe a little bit less, and you'll be on that porch with me and the rest of us, shaking our canes, kids, <laughs> where they tie their shoelaces. I was, I was thinking they more, uh, no, I, I see it more in the American, the American way, you know, like uh, cocking a pump-action shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get off my lawn! Get off my property, kids! <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's uh that's how it's going to all end up um mm-hmm. and then you'd be reminded you're in the nursing home they don't allow shotguns in the nursing home max let me just take that from you oh <laughs> and here's your pills <laughs> <laughs> and uh oh we just cocked a cat <laughs> yeah we just shot a cat i don't know uh, yeah, you just cocked it this just... <laughs> <laughs> you had cocked a cat <laughs> I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear any abusive cat remarks on this show. I'm a cat lover. Actually, I'm an animal lover in total. My mother taught me something very important. She taught me that anybody who likes animals, there's something right about them. Anybody who doesn't like animals, don't trust them. I mean, basically, it was. I'm paraphrasing, but there was something like that. Yeah, it's true. I, am, I don't I'm like people that don't like animals. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, although my favorite is beef. Oh. <laughs> well. See, that's it. See, I'm a hypocrite because if I really liked animals, I wouldn't eat them. But I blame my parents. I like and, uh, them in all. And I, I like them all the way. I like them. Um, I like to to watch them. I like animals like- in general, and I like them fried. Also, yeah. I mean, for crying out loud, I'm a biologist. How could I not like animals? Yeah. Are you? Is that the kind of scientist you are? A biologist? I am a biologist by training. Ended up doing uh, analytical chemistry. So yeah. Aha. Uh-huh. 
Okay. All right. Well, that explains a lot. I should have asked. I mean, we've only been doing what, you know, like a dozen podcasts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've actually never inquired <laughs> anything about you whatsoever. That's all right. Um, you know, maintains my uh, sh- shadow of, of, um, of um, so- something, coolness, shadow of coolness, mystery. Yeah. yeah. I'm the mystery man. Actually, uh, an enigma. That's what yeah. you are, Max. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You should like uh, when you finish this podcast. You should throw down one of those smoke bombs like a ninja and just disappear. Oh, that's what I do. That's what I do. That's how I roll. <laughs> how you go? Yeah, it's like I'll get some sound effects. I'll get some sound effects plugged in for that. Uh, so listen, <laughs> all right. So listen, listen. We, we we promised. I promised I wasn't going to talk as much on this podcast, and we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, about um, the technology. The technology, the things that you can do if you're a real nerd, uh, what you can get up to with a bit of technology. And we're not talking about expensive technology. We're talking Mm -hmm. about a few bucks, uh, a few dollars, a few pounds, a few euros to, uh, to, to basically hack espresso machines. And I know very, I know a little bit about this, um, but I know very little compared to you. So uh, you're going to you're going to talk about some of the things that I guess you've been doing with an Arduino. Uh, and, yeah, yeah. And and before we go on, I'm just going to explain to the those in the audience, which is going to be the majority of those that actually have no idea what the hell we're talking about, what an Arduino is. Um, but an Arduino is a circuit board. I think we mentioned this actually in last week's podcast. Yes, you did. It's a circuit board. <laughs> Yeah, well, okay. Well, just, you know, I'm going to mention it again. That's fine. Um, so the circuit, the Arduino is these little programmable circuit boards, and they're like an all-in-one mini computer that you can get for like somewhere between $10 and $20. And they have pretty much everything packed into them mm-hmm. uh, with a programming interface. So you can wire it up to to a monitor uh, and uh, write a little program or download programs and modify them. There's a lot a lot of yeah. uh, open source free software out there, right? That you can just download, put on there, and and basically be ready to roll. Absolutely, um, actually, the, the the easiest, the the best thing of of these is that there is a lot of people that already wrote programs, and if you are, you don't need to be to to be a pro at coding, you just need to understand what you're reading, and you and be able right. to modify it. So you can literally download chunks of programs, and uh, modify them to your to your heart content. So what, what sort of things can you can you do with an Arduino? Pretty much literally anything from building robots uh, fro- to having automated um, um, automated um, movement of things or uh, even software learning. You can even do, I mean, uh, you can even do uh, self-learning uh, softwares that interact with, uh, with things. So I don't know. Let's say you want to optimize a coffee extraction, since we're talking about coffee, and you want to optimize it based on the uh, volume and the temperature. So you have and, and the pressure. So you have to 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 measure these things, and you can then write a self-learning program that can, provided that you always give give it the same amount of coffee, for example, with the same grind. It will learn how to best extract in the in what you want to to achieve. Say, for example, you want to extract thirty grams in thirty seconds, and uh, it will. You can uh, program it so that it will do itself um, modifications to the flow or to the temperature to obtain that. So, but wouldn't you have to combine that when you talk about thirty grams in thirty seconds, right? Wouldn't you have to combine that with something that weighs? The output because it yes. would it know. Yes, you can. You can interface. It's easy. It's very easy. You can interface with uh, scales. You can interface with pretty much anything because it's got, uh, right. I think, 10, 15 different input-output uh, pins. So basically, anything that can be interfaced with um, with a voltage, that, because that that's that's what they do. Um, scales, um, flow controllers, um, any sort of um, pressure stats as well. Any sort of measurement device uh, gives a current as a feedback. So the pressure increases, you have a higher current, and then you have a transducer that transduces it. Tran- transduces it. 
to a different voltage. Say, for example, from zero to five volts, you have you have your scale, and um, five volts is equivalent to I don't know um, fifty grams, and uh, the scale is calibrated to give uh, different steps for every gram. So you can measure so, the voltage. Yes. So just going back a second, because you said. Um, Let's let's take this from the top. So basically, you've yeah. got a a card. You get this card in the post, right? So let's yeah. say I'm I'm a total novice at this. In fact, I am a total novice at this. Uh-huh. So I get my I get my card uh, in the post, and I connect to a community which has. Um, actually, what we should do is maybe put in the, in the notes. Maybe you can post. You can give me some links to some communities where. Oh, it's uh, literally Arduino.cc. And uh, and then from there, there are forums and different chunks of programs already written. Perfect. Well, we'll put those in the show notes as well, so it's everyone, so it's clear and and, mm-hmm. and easy to get. And so I get this card in the post, and then I go onto one of these places. I find some code that I uh, that I, I want to run. So let's say I want to I want to make a PID, and yeah. let's say I've got a Gaia uh, Classic Pro, which is a, mm-hmm. a regular one here, or maybe a Ranchilia Silvio or something like that. Yeah, and um, and I want to add a PID to it, so I've got my card. I go online, I search for uh, coffee PID or whatever, and I find some code, mm-hmm. and I work out how to to download this. So basically, what I need to do is is so these cards will come with a with a with Wi-Fi enabled, right? So I uh, not I, all of North- them. Some of them do. Mm-hmm. Okay, so some of them do. So how do you? So first of all, how do you connect this thing up to a keyboard and a screen and connect it to your internet? Ah, so you don't. You so you compile your, uh, you write your program on your laptop, on your computer, uh-huh. and then you download it on the uh, on the card, and that's it. The card just executes it. Right. The card doesn't. You, you don't code on. So the how card. do you download it to the card? What what kind of interface? What kind uh, of USB. cable do you go from your laptop? It's to a very card? simple USB. It's cable. USB. Okay. It's really okay, that so easy. that's pretty simple. So you so basically you connect on your laptop or mm-hmm. or your computer at home. You download the stuff. You compile. You say you compile it. So you basically you get it ready. The compiling yes. process is, is where you get it ready for the specific card mm-hmm. that you're using. So when you download. When you download um, software code, uh, the actual the actual code needs to be made ready into a format that the specific device you're using can understand, and that's called mm-hmm. machine code. And yeah. go that's from into the, yeah, mm-hmm. that's done into the card, I think. But I'm not sure about right. that. Okay, so basically, you download the code, you get it ready, you, you do something, run a compiler on it, which is it sounds it's very straightforward, and and it take you five minutes to learn. You basically, mm-hmm. run a command against that code, which gets it ready. You move it across by plugging a USB cable into your card from your laptop. You move it across to that device, and that device now accepts it. And uh, and and how does it run? I mean, how do you then? It's a very simple thing. It's uh, so the card runs it in continuous. So you have different breakout loops, for example, where you can where you where you have a cycle that you say, okay, while you're doing these, do this cycle x amount of times, or you uh-huh. break out and do it uh, and do it once, and then you 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 follow through. Uh, for example, for the PID, it's a very simple cycle. You have your program that that runs constantly all the time and you have this constant feedback loop that is uh, read the the sensor if the temperature is mm-hmm. under this threshold keep the the relay closed so you have current going through the the heater once mm-hmm. you reach the temperature and then you it, that's that's the difficult part you need to understand when to stop but that's that's a trial and error or you just say uh, stop at, the, at the, that specific temperature. Right. And when you reach that temperature, you have you have your relay that uh, um, disconnects. And normally for these ones, you use a solid state relay, which is expensive, which is mm-hmm. the expensive part of the PID. The rest is literally cheap as chips. So the solid state relay is that like the thermometer? Th- that's not the thermometer thing. That's the. It's, uh, no, the solid state relay is. Um, what is it? Is the relay that uh, so you know how a relay works? 
Well, I think we want to explain on the yes. On the so you have um, you have a, normally you have a, a magnet, an electromagnet that uh, pushes a rod into a circuit that closes the circuit. It's literally mm-hmm. like a um, like the three way um, so, solenoid valve. Is that the only difference is that in that in this case it's a piece of metal that closes an electric circuit, and this is isolated from the main board circuit. So you can actually switch high currents with a very low voltage. Because that's the, that's the difficult part. You Obviously, you're dealing with 220 volts with 10 amps or 15 amps, probably. Right. 15, probably not, but 10 amps for sure. Um, you can't really switch that with a small board because it will, it will literally catch fire. Okay. So you have a, a heavy heavy-duty circuit and then you just have uh, this solenoid valve that um, closes the circuit. It's literally like having a solenoid valve that pushes into an interrupter and uh, turns okay. on a light. That's it. It's ancient so technologies. Again, uh, yeah, it's 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 old. It's an old technology. Um, yeah. So you extremely. you have a card. You get your you get your Arduino card in the post for twenty bucks or something, mm-hmm. and then you log onto your laptop. You download the code. You compile it. You put it on with the USB key, and the code is basically controlling the 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 um, uh, controlling the um, uh, machine, the 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 temperature of the machine mm-hmm. via the relay switch. Yeah. Now you need to get a so you need to get a few bits of hardware, which I'm guessing you can buy as a kit. Probably you can buy it, uh, you can buy them as kits. Uh, you can, for example, what I did because I am planning to do uh, a little bit some something more a little more complicated, and I don't really want to go for a PID just yet, uh-huh. because I'm planning to 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 upgrade um, a heat exchanger machine. So a PID in that is kind of pointless, really. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, but what I'm planning to do in that is I want to 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 do some pre-infusion and um, switching different water circuits. Nice, nice, yeah. Uh, so I have a plan. Uh, what I need to do in that case is I need to control the pump and at least mm-hmm. two solenoid valves. Right. So it's relatively simple. Um, to do that, of course, I need to be able to switch a high voltage current. And you cannot do that with um, with the Arduino board because that's a five volt uh, maximum. Uh-huh. That takes five volts. It's uh, it's uh, it's powered by a USB cable, and you need to power it through a USB cable or have an adapter. Um, but to switch the, the the current, there are shields that are already built. You literally take the shield and you stick it on top of the Arduino board. And it's already it's already set up. You don't need to do welding or fancy things. You just put them together like a Lego piece, mm-hmm. and you're done. And then you and just I'm sorry. What does the shield the do? Hmm? What does the shield do? The shield has four relays built in. Gotcha. So I will be able to use the relays, I and you have the, the switches. So basically, what you do is you you kind of it is a Lego brick brick approach right so you Pretty get much, your board yes. um you 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 just have a little bit of learning say okay well i need this is what i need i need uh i need a switch i needed this and I, it'll take a little bit of homework and looking it up but if you're into this then it'll be a fun thing to do it'll be yeah. a fun project to do. yeah actually but this is very indicated point for is, yep right it's catered for children a lot of it isn't it right exactly. Arduino boards were made for kids yeah yeah Arduino boards yeah. are made for kids they're fantastic because you can't do you know, you don't need to use relays because these are, you know, high voltage stuff. But you can, for example, uh, have an LED that turns on and off, and that's already the first your first program. And it's a program that uh, right. is not the usual "Hello World" print out on the screen, but it's something that actually mm-hmm. does something to the environment. You see something happening, and you made that happen. So yeah. that's really cool, and it's yeah. a very, I think it's a very good way of involving children in technology. It's rewarding because you Very. are so much, so much work you do on a computer is kind of mm, ephemeral in the sense that, you know, mm-hmm. you switch it off, you put it to sleep. It's, it's not there. You don't see it. This is actually bridging 
computer work with the, with the physical, where you actually see the results and you make something that that looks ta- you know it's tangible and it feels very real. Exactly. But the best part about it is is you you move from a oh my god look at this I can't believe the light comes on uh, phase to actually then starting you know, a few weeks later, you're suddenly building stuff that's actually genuinely useful Mm -hmm. that you would otherwise be spending a ton of money on, right? Exactly. Exactly. So I I am planning to upgrade, sorry? uh, The flow control unit on the ECM, it was like a few hundred dollars and it's basically uh, a needle. A very nicely machined needle, which I, you know, I still covered, but... um, there's there's ways that that you can you put flow control on a gaji. I was looking at this just this morning. You, you know, can with an Arduino board. Yes, but it. it's not. I, I've I've seen it. It's. Uh, I think you're looking at the Espressoino, right? Yeah, you sent me the link to the Espressoino. Yeah. And I was so that, that is. That, so for that is, I think is great, but it's uh, intrinsically flawed. Wow. Because, well, the thing is, in that case, you have a lot of buffer after the the pump. So you have you have oh, the, I the. I mean, they've put uh, flow control. It's not actually flow control, but it's a uh, flow measurement. And uh, you have first of all, you have an OPV. Mm-hmm. So if you if you're working um, upstream of the valve, like the guy was doing because th- there is a guy that da- that's done that has done that in Raspberry Pi and another one that's done it yeah, in Arduino. Uh, yeah. So the one in Raspberry Pi that's is the one that I've read. Um, he's put the the flow me- the flow meter before the the valve the OPV valve and everything, and that is uh-huh. sorry no, the, before the OPV valve before the pump. So it's in the low pressure. It's between the tank. And the the pump, right? So it's when the pump aspirates the water. Now, that is um, is a bit of a workaround because then what he does is uh, he redirects the water from the um, from the OPV valve back to the um, back to the pump mm-hmm. between the flow meter and the pump. So basically, right. it recirculates the water like that, but it's not a very, very precise measurement, and it it's uh, it's much better, for example, to get a um, a G-car, um, um flow meter, the one mm-hmm. in the Gaggia, the, sorry, the one in pretty much all of the Italian and non-Italian, I think, uh, yeah. coffee machines, and use that instead because you can use that at pressure. Gotcha. So how long would it take going sort of going back? Let's say I, I'm I'm interested, I'm kind of enthusiastic about this kind of stuff, but I haven't done this before. Maybe I haven't done any programming before. Is this something that's available only if you're willing to learn programming, or can you bolt it together and, and get you can something actually really done? you can bolt it together, but you need to understand what you're reading. So it's it's really dependent on how much you're you understand of programming. So if you know roughly that what you're reading is what how to how to modify it. So, for example, you understand what are the variables, how to change the variables. Um, right. That's relatively easy. For example, one thing easy that you can do is um, what I'm planning to do myself, uh, which mm-hmm. is um, control the flow and uh, control the pre-infusion. So mm-hmm. you will have two circuits. Actually, not even two circuits. You will have... Uh, one circuit that joins into the main circuit. The main circuit is uh, at nine bar, so you have preset pressures, and the mm-hmm. the, the low pressure circuit is uh, one bar, which is the typical. Um, typically, people say, "Oh, this is the pre-infusion pressure." So you have one bar pre-infusion, uh-huh. and uh, that you can just exclude the op- the overpressure valve from that. By just uh, putting a, a, a three-way val- solenoid before that, so basically okay. you you say I want to pre-infuse for five seconds, so you have both op- overpressure valves open, so 
the the one at the lower pressure will start working, mm-hmm. right? And you, you pre-infuse mm-hmm. for uh, five seconds. And then after the five seconds, you switch the, the three-way valve of the low pressure, um, overpressure valve, mm-hmm. and you have in line only the nine bar overpressure valve. So the pressure gotcha. is going to ramp to nine bar then. You do mm-hmm. your, your uh, brewing for the amount of time you want, because at that point you just measure time. And, um, and then you just stop. You're done. So the, the, so I got two questions. The first is, um, you say you need to understand programming and programming concepts are actually not difficult to understand. Uh, no, if you, if you want, when I talk about concepts, I'm talking, it's very simple, right? But yeah. okay. We say it's very simple, but let's let, you know, let's be, you know, we, we, we we've been in this world for, for a while. Um, but for somebody brand new coming out, who's never done any programming before, probably there's going to be a bit of a learning curve. But Absolutely. the thing is, you don't have to necessarily, I think what you're saying is you don't necessarily have to learn how to program. You don't need to know the syntax. You don't need to know, but what you do need to know when you're reading the code is you need to understand some of the concepts. And one of the cool things about programming is generally speaking, and there's different types or approaches to programming, um, but generally speaking, at this level, it's all kind of the same. That is mm-hmm. to say, you will have um, cases or, or if-then statements, for example. Exactly. So if this happens, then do that. And um, I, I have never programmed with an Arduino, but with, with Python, um, it's literally the same. The, the Raspberry Pi. Yeah, it's, it's the kind of same. It's basically more like an interpreted language. Mm-hmm. Is, oh no, you mentioned it's compiled, didn't you? So, yes. but 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 it's not object oriented or anything like that. It, it's pretty no, much no, 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 just, no. right. So basically, there's no complex programming techniques in this. Yeah, it is. Uh, once wait, you understand, actually, you can sorry? program. You can object program, but okay. you don't have to. It's like C plus. But most of the code that we're getting for controlling a PID or controlling uh, um, the Arduino to make it to add coffee functions in there, I imagine those are going to be some of the like very basic. Exactly. Frankly, they'd be very basic. They're things like, yeah, control the temperature, move this up, down, open or close the valve. This is, mm-hmm. you know, pretty fundamental basic stuff. Yes. So reading some code that's doing that, if you look at it and you understand some of the base, even frankly, even if you don't understand. I would I would warrant that if you looked at it, you'd have some understanding of what this thing is doing, as long as it's been written well. And actually, some of it comes down to how the developer's written it and whether he's commented, because oftentimes it's common for, not even common, it, it's best practice for a developer uh, as he's writing a block of code to comment before what that block of code does, right? Mm. Do you see that in a lot in the code that you're, you're getting or not really? Always. Because okay. when I get the code, I normally get it from the Arduino forums uh, or um, yeah. uh, Reddit sometimes, and uh, they, they're always uh, they're always um, they always have comment and they always explain how it works. So you can actually go in the I think in the Arduino forums wow. there is a, a, already a, um, a topic on the code that you need. Of course, oh, you need awesome. to you need to know what what you're looking for, but uh, yeah, there's already yeah. a topic on that, and it explains how it works. And you can uh, you can literally just do copy and paste, or you can spend hours and hours reading about it and learning. Well, you know, I would say just I'm going to wrap this section up because we're we're going into 30 minutes. Yeah, I guess probably not quite 30 minutes once I've done the editing. But um, I want to say to 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 people who have maybe got a, an inclination to doing something like this to, to just give it a go because you're not talking about a huge expense. You know, you're talking about less than the cost of buying a new, uh, a new basket for your portafilter filter in many cases to get the, the, the board and yeah. uh, to get the, the board and the codes are free. Like you download yeah. the code for free. So yeah. have a play around because it really will open up your eyes. It's so much fun to, yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. The expensive part of these actually is uh, is the sensors, right? Right. I mean, and sometimes you can use a a screen. You know, even even the LCD screens aren't that expensive anymore, are they? No, 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 that's easy. But for that, I don't know how it works. I think it needs a little bit more um, coding in that. But 
I've seen that there are already um, pre-made, um, how do you call it? Pre-made uh, codes for screens. Mm. So, I, but mm. I've never used one before. Yeah, there'll be packages out there for for doing yeah, all that sure. stuff. And and if you've got kids, this is also a great way to get your kids into doing something and uh, where they're actually learning how to code, which is such a useful skill to have. By the way, both of my kids um, are are learning in some way how to code. They're in their twenties, but they're learning in some way how to code at the moment because they're both traveling. And uh, well, actually, my younger son's not traveling anyway because he literally got his ticket. He got his ticket right before COVID hit and everything shut down. And then, you know, he spent the next three weeks trying to get his money back from Wizz Air and failed. Um, he could have written and, a code to send emails every every 10 minutes. Well, yeah, they, they don't care. Trust me. They, they, Wizz Air is like, I have a thing with Wizz Air. Not a good thing. And um, I used to travel with them every two weeks. I used to have to fly every two weeks with them. And um, yeah. Uh, avoid them if possible is what I would say. So, uh, so uh, they are trying to learn how to code because, of course, as digital nomads, when they're going around the Malaysia and Thailand and Cambodia and all these places they're traveling to, Indonesia, and Bali, you know, if they can code, if they can write code, uh, do some programming, they can go anywhere and they can work from anywhere, anywhere that's got an internet connection they can work and earn money. So it's, it's, um, it's the new way of freedom, really. Uh, so if you've got yeah. kids, this is a great way of getting them interested because you sit them in front of a computer screen and you try to teach them how to code so that they can draw a triangle on a screen. It ain't that interesting. It's kind of more difficult to get them excited about it. But if you have a project that, that, that makes a, a dinosaur you know, robot open its jaws or move or, a, you know, or you're going to control daddy's coffee machine, <laughs> you know, and that. it's going to even make lights come on the coffee machine and a uh -huh. little screen that pops up and says, hello, good morning, Nick, you know, good morning, Max, that kind of stuff. It's, it's really cool. They love it. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah. So, but we have a coffee to review today. It's a coffee that you sent me. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Why did you send me this coffee, Max? What, what did I do? What uh, did I do to deserve this? I think, I think it's, uh, I, I think because you're nice, it's a good coffee. Yeah. <laughs> I, it was a, uh, thing is, Max, you sent me a nice coffee. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say nice things about these people and this coffee. And I actually had to go look them up because normally I, you know what I'm like, I only buy coffee that I, I sort of like the look of the company mm -hmm. and I've decided to do that now. So we're going through and we, we might end up having to go through companies we don't like, but hey, you know what the thing is, I actually don't like giving bad reviews about things. I, I don't like saying bad things because every company, there's a guy behind there who bursts into tears or, 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 you know, but you're hurting someone's feelings or I actually don't like that. I, I really enjoy giving good reviews. I'm very happy. I'm tickled pink when I when I get to to review a coffee that I love from a company that's doing the right things. And um, so I was very happy. So I, I got this Bilbao. This is by uh, Peaberry. Peaberry. Peaberry yes. Coffee, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. How did you learn about them? So it's uh, my um, spare part pusher. <laughs> <laughs> The guy that uh, the, the guy that I work with uh, for uh, for spare parts, uh, he also provides uh, coffee machine services. It's actually Adrian Davis from Give It the Beans, because I mean, uh -huh. let's name and shame him. <laughs> no, 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 there's no, no, no shame in it. Uh, he's uh, he's he's very nice. He's very good at what he does, and um, he always he always managed to find literally anything. Um, you you need a, a spare part. He he will source it. It's he's he's really good at that, and he also provides coffee mas machine services, and um, um, he he provides uh, coffee as well, coffee supply. So he's in contact with roasters and independent roasters as well. Right. And uh, he sent me once the this coffee the first time, and I did not like it one bit. It was uh, mm -hmm. it was a coffee that was extremely acidic and it was uh, Ooh, way too much. Nice. It, it was no, it was to me it was almost like it was moldy. Personally, uh, <laughs> it, it it was super strong and I couldn't I really. Think, get I'm gonna go back to the bit I said earlier about like not wanting to to, to say bad things about companies. Oh, I, did, yeah. I did tell them. I did tell them actually uh, that <laughs> I, that wasn't for me. Um, it's it it might as well be because. 
you need temperature controller or pre-infusion controller, whatever, uh, to extract it properly, but it was overwhelming for me. So that didn't go well. Then he instead brought another time that uh, when he brought me, uh, um, I think the boiler for the Nuova Simonelli, um, he came to drop that off, and uh, I gave him some of the some of the coffee from. Um, uh, I think it was uh, the, yeah, it was the the uh, revive from um, oh, in Smitten. In Smitten, yeah, because yeah, I do like him. <laughs> and, yeah, we do. We do. And, uh, we like the, that. Yeah, and the the next time he he brought me these from from Peaberry, and I was like, huh, hmm, I don't know. Let's see. And it was uh, it was called Yirga Coffee, which is an African. Uh, an African yeah, yeah. Uh, single Ethiopian. origin, yeah, Ethiopian, which was surprisingly really nice. I really liked it because it wasn't too acidic. It was very, uh, there was a little bit of, a, of acidity, but it was a nice one. So you could de- definitely tell the chocolate and everything. Uh, oh. The other thing is that it was a very small batch <laughs> and I had a little bit of leftovers only. So, uh, and I was hoping to get, uh, to get, to get you that. But when I got, got in touch with the guys in Peabody, uh, he told me that he ran out already. It, it was already sold out. I think he works with very small batches, which is a cool right. thing. Yeah. And he does seasonal stuff. So then I told him about this, uh, this podcast, and um, he then suggested, well, look, I'm going to send you this other one because uh, it's, uh, it's much better. So, no, actually, no. He, mm-hmm. I asked him which one to buy. And so he suggested to buy the Bilbao because uh, he's an expert in um, um, Colombian and uh, Central American okay. nice. uh, coffees. So that's how I got this coffee. Um, and it was very, very interactive. So he was really looking forward to roast it. And uh, so it was a fresh roast that we got. Um, so what do you think? Uh, yeah, I looked, uh, I liked it. So first of all, you know what I'm like about the packaging. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, they got a nice, it comes in a nice large brown bag with a tear open top, but a resealable one. And I only pour out the beans, roughly the beans that I use in a day, uh, into the hopper. And because, uh, I like to keep it on the dark, cool place. And, and so I'll store that coffee away in the bag, reseal it, store it away. Uh, so having a resealable bag like that was really great. And I um, looked up the company details, actually. Uh, mm-hmm. That was the next thing I did was look up the company details. Well, I looked in the back of the bag. Back of the bag had the roast date. So that's another thing. That's, so it's got a simple, a simple um, a, a label on the front, uh, which is very elegant. Uh, doesn't tell you much about the coffee, though. Uh, just tells you the tasting notes. And on the back, yeah. it's got the roast date, which is quite important to me. Yeah. So I went over and one of the things mm-hmm. that they have, and I really like, is that they have this really nice artwork. They had lovely artwork. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah no, I agree. The coffees. They're very nice. It was very elegant. I mean, there's, there's, a sort of, there's a certain elegance in simplicity. You can make things too much, uh, too colorful, too much. Um, you can go over the top with putting all the information on there and, you know, uh, tables and ticking off this and ticking off that. And, but they didn't do any of that. There's nothing on the back except a stamp of the roast date. And on the front, there's this elegant bit of artwork with the tasting notes. So that's their style. And I really did like it. But I also especially liked uh, going, and I'm going to actually read to you, uh, read to you, the audience, uh, what they say about this on their website because it it sort of gives um, to me it it, it helps explain uh, one of the um, helps explain one of the things I really like about this company. Mm-hmm. So it says okay, Nueva, and again apologies to uh, everybody whose language I'm I'm massacring at the moment. Uh, Nuevo Nuevo Bilbao is one of the most isolated coffee producing regions located in the central Colombian Andes. The area falls in the middle of the conflict red zone area for many years controlled by the FARC. Our very good friends at the uh, Green Collection have found a way to get this coffee through mudslides and impassable roads and onto the mill, making sure that the farmers, and this is the key bit, the farmers are paid three times what they normally would receive at commercial prices and a share in the profits once the coffee has landed and been offered to only the most discerning roasters like ourselves in the United Kingdom. Bilbao is a blend of four small farms that are in very close proximity from 1,600 to 2,000 meters above uh, sea level. 
between half and one and a half hectares in size and are all grown the same artisanal way, fully washed and fermented up to 36 hours and sun-dried. I mean, what more do you need to know about <laughs> Yeah, when I looked them up on, on these, I was like, okay, Nick is going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> I do, because this is the way everybody should be should be buying their coffee. You know, these guys, they explained where it came from. You learn the story. Now, now when you're tasting the coffee, how does it taste, right? Mm-hmm. You know, go and get some, some supermarket coffee you don't know anything about. Throw it in. You taste it. You know, you're done. You get on with your day. That's that's fine, right? I, and I used to be like that. I was definitely that guy. Uh, but now how much more pleasure do I get as I turn my phone on to silent? Or oftentimes I'm listening to an audio book. But I, I, a lot of times I don't even do that. I like to be, because I get up at like 4.30 or 5 in the morning and, I'm, and I've got nothing on. I, got, I turn everything off. No one's allowed to call me. I have a sort of a structured day where no one's allowed to call me before 9 o'clock. And so from 4.30 or 5 o'clock in the morning, I get a bunch of work done and I have everything switched off the first thing I do. I don't check my digital anything. I don't check my phone. I don't check my iPad. I don't turn on my computer. I go down and I have a very analog start to the morning. And the very first thing that I do, unless I'm doing some sort of yoga or going for a run or something like that, the very first thing that I do is when I'm making my coffee, Mm-hmm. is uh is in the silence i enjoy you know listening to the birds outside my annoying cat eating noisily and i start to make my coffee and as i start to make my coffee in the silence of the morning i have a little routine and i'm very happy that it takes a bit of time and so you get a chance to think about things whatever it is that you need to think about your brain's given the space to think about stuff and when you're interacting with quality machinery, because I've talked about this as well before, because I'll be touching my grinder, I'll be touching the basket, I'll be touching the machine. When you're interacting with quality uh, equipment, mm-hmm. um, albeit that my Gaggia Classic Pro is not exactly top of the line, you know, whatever, but it's still nevertheless, in terms of its functionality, it does everything that I need it to do-ish you know um and then i'm making coffee when i open up the open up the the bag and i stick my face in the bag every time <laughs> you know and i smell it because smell such an important part of the tasting experience you know if you if you taste something with your with your nose pinched closed you you, you severely limit it's it's shocking to most people how much of their taste is suddenly muted. Their ability to taste is, is d- disappears. So you smell the coffee. You start that experience. You look at the beans. You pour the beans in. You hear the little rattle as they go around the hopper. You know you and and that whole experience is what makes it such a pleasurable uh, morning, uh, you know, morning event to go through. And if you know that the farmers have been paid three times what they would have got paid locally you know at the at the um by the the uh the local co- commodity prices you know that somebody's driven this <laughs> you know through mudslides yeah. and <laughs> you know and all the rest of it you it's there's something special about that am i am i making any sense or am i completely bonkers no no i think you're making sense it's uh, it was quite uh, quite pleasurable actually quite uh, quite uh, idyllic except that if I wake up at four a.m. there's a lot of a lot more grumbling and murdering. <laughs> yeah, didn't always do that. Again, I go back to the thing we talked about earlier. Wait till you're a bit older. <laughs> it it just comes. It's not like I want to wake up. Don't get me wrong. I don't set the alarm, jump up, clap my hands, and then do a 10, 10 kilometer sprint. You know, I I, I I crawl out of bed. I'm using my hands and knees. You know, um, <laughs> slowly over a period of ten to fifteen minutes, get vertical. Uh, so <laughs> that's that's what like. <laughs> I do. I pad down. I pad down. I like to do. I should try now. My thing is, since the gym closed, I put on six kilos of weight max, and so I, I've and I started to drop it again now. Thank God. So I, because yeah. um, uh, I used to swim a lot, and I and I used to box and 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 do all these other things, and, and I haven't done any of it. So I've started uh, doing yoga because I've realized that 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 whilst as a 
as a young man doing lots of very macho sports, I, I would, um, laugh at uh, the men doing yoga mm -hmm. and then maybe two years ago, trying to do a yoga class and being totally outclassed by, uh, by the women and whatever, well, everybody, but, but by people that didn't look nearly as, uh, incredibly macho as I looked, um, they, they, they whipped me whipped me yoga is hard so oh, it's only hard but you feel great afterwards so i do my I'm yoga and then i put my coffee machine on and uh -huh. then i go do just like 20 minutes of yoga only 20 minutes and you know then we're good to go yeah. morning done that's good consider that um, i really like boots because i don't have to bend to to tie the, sho the shoelaces that's uh, how flexible i am so uh. Yeah, you'll pay for that later with back pain, mate. Oh, later? Ah, okay. I already started, <laughs> so that's good. You know, I'm already paying paying into the the capital. All right, super. Hey, listen, Max. Um, hopefully, hopefully, we kept people with us for the um for the the conversation on the Arduinos. I yeah. definitely think it's going to appeal to some people. Some people will switch off, but others. Are, you know what? There's a lot of software people out there that drink coffee. Mm -hmm. and exactly. I, yeah. Right. Like software people love coffee, so there's, this is this is the podcast really for those software people out there. Um, in fact, I give a shout out to uh, to Tim. You know which one you are, Tim, who uh, who who's, who's he's a software software guy who works in a software company, mm -hmm. who's um, who was helping me out with a little problem recently, and and we weren't even talking coffee, and I just happened to mention that it, I'm doing a little project for a coffee site, and he's like coffee. And suddenly psh, we're off in a direction, you know, and he's talking about <laughs> different roasters and he's based out in America, all the different roasters in the U S and oh, his yeah. coffee technique and what he does. And, you know, yeah. Yeah. So for people, coffee. but I have one question for you. Yeah, How did the coffee taste like? Oh yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, anyway, the coffee. <laughs> so let's wrap that podcast up. <laughs> Oh, thank God you're here, Max. <laughs> I don't think there's any way I can edit that to make me sound good. Damn it. No. <laughs> I go, where, where, did I, where did I go wrong? Um, uh, I think the yoga turned, uh, turned I, off topic. I started talking about yoga. So you, you, you turned oh, on your God, yoga cast. Yeah, so you turn on your coffee machine and you read all about the coffee. Then you go for yoga, and uh, <laughs> then it's time to go back to sleep. And uh, well, you, your coffee machine is still on. <laughs> you know what? Here's here's what here's what my notes say. Because you know, I you know how I'm 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 a fanatic on notes, and I never ever miss an opportunity to take notes. Uh -huh, yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> I can see the top of the 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 mountain of bullshit from here. Hold on a second, my nose is getting in the way. Um, so yeah, uh, <laughs> so look, I, I basically I looked at those tasting notes. I, I was I went with uh, I went with a sort of a go to formula, mm -hmm. you know, of twenty grams in, and 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 actually, I'm, I say go to go to formula for me at the moment is I'm putting slightly long these days. Mm -hmm. uh, putting slightly long these days, Max. I don't know that what the kind of lexicon. I don't think that makes any sense to anybody. But I'm I'm not sure. going for a I'm not going for a one to two ratio. I'm going for like a one to two and a half ratio. So if I'm putting 20 grams in, I'm sort of taking out 50 or something. Mm -hmm. And at a, at a reasonably small grinder, like of three on my, on my grinder. Yeah. Um, with a three degree temperature and I'm putting it, but I'm it is running quite fast. So it did run quite fast. Um, at that amount of coffee, uh, with a relatively small grind setting, it was I was coming out, I was getting those 50 grams out in in 20 seconds, hmm. um, and I would say that even at 50 grams, I was getting a really creamy full body, right? So yeah. so I was worried because it was running it was running fast, but it 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 really behaved itself on the bottomless porter filter. Uh, it wasn't you know flying everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I mean, basically the tasting notes were, were chocolate and, and green apple and, and, and yeah. some other stuff. And I, and that's exactly, I mean, that's just bang on. Red what berries. There was red berries in there. Yeah. I don't think I saw as much as the red berries initially. I think I got some of that later on. I, I was, 
I was there um, passing it around, you know, the household uh, saying, taste this, you'd, you'd taste the berries. And I think um, we, we played around with some, with, with, uh, with the formula a little bit more later on. And we did get, we did get some, mm-hmm. I won't say it's red berries. I would say there's, there's acidity. And the trouble is, is, is whether you can differentiate. I'm not, my palate isn't sophisticated enough to dif- differentiate between the different um, acidities and, 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 and flavors. Um, not unless they're really overpoweringly strong. So mm. I would say there was times when the acidity was a little bit more complex and there were times like it, it was very much, you could definitely taste the green apple. Uh, yeah. but yeah, the green apple was, really came out right away. The first time it, didn't it? I yeah. got it right away. Yeah. Chocolate and green that, apple. And did for you, was that, was that unpleasant? Cause I know you're not an acidic. Oh, no, it was lovely because it was, um, so it was chocolate right away as soon as you taste it. Uh, and yeah. then uh, there was this green apple finish, which was very nice, very pleasant. It wasn't overpowering or anything. But even the red berries, actually red berries, they were coming right away. And I think that... Really? That, uh, yes. And I think that that depends on the temperature because I've noticed in my notes, which are resting on my bookshelf at the moment because I forgot to take them. So I'm going by <laughs> memory here. I remember clearly that uh, the red berries were coming and going. So that means that it was at different times of the day. And uh, that means that I am doing slightly differently for the temperature. Because, for example, if it's the first coffee in the morning, the coffee machine is going to be a little colder and a little less equilibrated. Because I need the coffee, so I'm normally turning it on 10 minutes and then once everything is roughly hot i pull the shot if it's uh, during the day i tend to leave it for longer because most of the times i turn the coffee machine on and then i remember oh i had a meeting so i go for the zoom meeting and 45 or one hour minute one hour later uh, Mm -hmm. i go like oh the coffee machine is still on let me make a coffee so it's much hotter uh-huh. Whereas uh, yeah, it's more equilibrated in general. Stay on. Yeah. yeah. Um, one thing, you mentioned bottomless portafilter. Recently, uh-huh. I fell out of love with it. I haven't used it in ages. Mm-hmm. And I've been using double spout uh, pretty much all the time. So it might be as well that uh, touching a hot surface after being extracted changes the flavor a little bit. Because you can. That's interesting. I mean, I know. I, I would say, I would say it's bound to change depending on also how you stir the espresso. If you don't stir your espresso, going through a double spout will change it because mm. um, it reduces the amount of uh, of of crema uh, that you you get using a, yeah. um, a spout as opposed to a bottomless porter filter. But uh, yeah, there's. I mean, it's it's funny how lots of little things will will make a difference. And, and sometimes quite a significant difference, which is why, of course, it's so bloody complicated mm-hmm. um, to 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 make 